This podcast is made possible by the generosity of supporting members. Please visit dharmaocean.org to learn more about becoming a supporting member. You are listening to the Dharma Ocean Podcast. In this talk on our natural spiritual inheritance, Reggie remarks on the impediments presented by religious institutionalism, consumerism, and fundamentalism to the unfolding of each unique human life. In the modern world, authenticity is a lonely journey. This talk was given at the April 2006 Meditating with the Body Retreat held at the Blazing Mountain Retreat Center in Crestone, Colorado. To find out about upcoming Meditating with the Body Retreats, please visit dharmaocean.org. There's a lot of water rushing to the surface now. And, you know, please don't be afraid and realize it's actually a very good thing if you're, uh, you find yourself kind of coming apart in certain ways. All of the you know, great spiritual traditions teach that there has to be death before there can be rebirth. And we've read it and we know it, but when it actually happens to us, it's a little different story. It's very real and it's uh, difficult. So I wanted to say a few things this morning about uh, Chogyam Trungpa and his teaching in the West. Some of you know something about him and some of you don't. But he was trained very thoroughly in the Tibetan tradition. And he spent uh, a lot of time in retreat and a lot of time basically from a very young age and he realized at a certain point in his own life that spirituality and the spiritual journey is part of human nature. And even though the institutionalized religions try to take possession of that and try to control it, that um, Spirituality is not owned by anyone or any organization or any religion. This, I think, in the past has been known by individual people who have, you know, as I always say, <laughs> who have made the journey, who have worked on themselves and have faced themselves fully. But the great religions, so-called, have not acknowledge this. Because once you acknowledge that spirituality and the spiritual journey is something that is the natural inheritance of all people, you lose control. And in the competitive marketplace of religion, and religion is always, all the religions have always been competing one way or the other, with each other and with other human possibilities 
within the competitive marketplace to acknowledge that spirituality is something that is an inherent part of the human person is to lose control. And as we know, people who tend to be um, you know, administrators and officials and hierarchs and so on in the organized religions are uh, often people who don't practice, actually. They're, they have a tremendous amount of institutional ambition. And I'm not putting it down, I'm just saying that it seems to be, it's true in Buddhism and it's probably true in all the religions, that the people who are in positions of power are there because that's what they want. They want power. And they want to be thought of as being important in the social arena. And they enjoy managing other people. They're not usually deep practitioners. I mean, sometimes they are, but generally speaking, they're not. And so we have the organized religions being run by people who are doing something other than making the journey in a full sense. In Buddhist tradition, the way that's played out is that um, you know people will go through a certain phase of their life where they are identified with the organization or the organized religion. And, but at a certain point, they realize that to fully um, possess the Buddhist teachings in the true sense, in the genuine sense, they actually have to leave. And in the different countries, they, these people went into the forests and they went to mountaintops, they went to caves, remote places, and they practiced meditation. And they were basically, as far as the institution is concerned, they were gone. So, Chogyam Trungpa's personal discovery was that there's something written in the heart of all human beings that needs to unfold, and it's the journey that we talk about of becoming oneself fully. And that's what spirituality is. And we live in a new, really truly it is a new time now, because the fiction that some religions have the truth and some don't doesn't work anymore for an awful lot of people. And because we have rubbed shoulders with each other, you know, Christians and Jews and Buddhists and Hindus, I mean, in this world, we have friendships with people who belong to different traditions and we actually compare notes on the journey. And not to speak of the, the indigenous traditions as well, who are in some ways have uh, more profundity than the organized religions. And through this process, it's become clear that the whole idea that there is a true religion and one truth and one religion and one way of doing things just doesn't work for you know, most people. And I think the resurgence of fundamentalism in the world, which we also see, interestingly enough, we see it not only in the theistic traditions, but you know, Buddhists have their fundamentalists too, and Hindus have their fundamentalists. And even the indigenous traditions have their fundamentalists. The Native American tradition has its fundamentalists. And I think the resurgence of fundamentalism is um, it's, it's a phobic reaction to what I'm talking about, the gradual coming into awareness of the fact that no tradition has the ultimate word, and that each of them represents a, a, an expression of human spirituality. But in some sense, they're all equal, in, some, in a very profound sense. Now, for some people, this is a very liberating insight, but for some people, they go crazy. 
because their whole identity has been built around having the truth. And because of that, the reaction to the growing awareness that I'm talking about for some people is to retrench and block out everything out and affirm in a much more crazed way that we have the truth and everybody else is going to hell. Even the resurgence of fundamentalism, I think, points to a growing awareness throughout the world, actually, about the fundamental human spirituality that everyone actually possesses. So, this awareness is not coming about because people are meeting other religions at all. It's not that easy. The awareness is coming about because people are changing. There is a different thing going on now than has ever happened before. And it's the increased uh, devastation and a collapse of human tradition and human cultures and the replacement of everything by consumerism, which is nothing. It's a wasteland. It's a, the, the, a huge lie that is being promoted throughout the world now. That's where, that's the, it's in the direction of consumption that human happiness and fulfillment lies. It's probably the biggest lie that has ever been promoted among the human species. And because of that situation, strangely enough, people are um, thrown back on themselves in a way they haven't been before. I understand a lot of people here are feeling very lonely. And this loneliness, I think, is a, a very profound awareness that we are developing, which is that the more we work on ourselves in a way, the more um, we realize that all of the things that have, throughout human history, given people a sense of consolation and solace and belonging, they're not collapsing, they've collapsed, they're gone. And the minute we begin to slow down and meditate and work in the way we are here, the more we actually begin to realize the situation that we're in personally and that we're all in. We are really, in a, in a very real sense, we're on our own. And the, the religions and the institutions and our families, and you know, we just know too much. The discovery of the 20th century, if you want to put it that way, if you want to look at Nietzsche and Kierkegaard and Freud and you know, Marx and the sociologist Max Weber, and, you know, the discovery, I think, the impact of the 20th century has been that we're actually on our own and that as individuals and that a lot of the answers that have been accepted without much thought by people for all, forever, those answers have, are turning out to be false. And in any case, they're not, they don't work for people anymore. You can't think, oh, you know, my parents are really great. I love my parents. My parents are perfect. After Sigmund Freud, you can't do it. Your parents have fucked you up big time. <laughs> And all of us spend our entire life trying to dig our way out of what our parents did to us. So, and you know, you can talk about society, you can talk about religion. You know, that was Marx's thing, that religions are confused, self-serving. Well, I'm talking about organized religions. Um, manipulation of people, and you know, it just goes on and on. These discoveries have, been, um, have changed the whole way in which we think.
And I think they brought us a kind of level of truth that is critical. Because along with these discoveries, everything else has been falling apart. So we are truly on our own, and the loneliness we feel, it's a real loneliness, and it's a loneliness that a lot of people are trying to fend off. But by resisting that loneliness, we're actually resisting what is. We're resisting our actual situation. And as we've been talking about here, the only way to move forward as a person is to actually face our actual situation and work with who we actually are. And out of that, everything comes. But until we're willing to face ourselves really, truly, fully in a completely embodied and honest way, there can't be a journey. There's no journey. This raises a very interesting question that all modern people struggle with, whether you happen to live in Asia or Europe or North America or South America, wherever you live, which is, if what I'm saying is true, if the, all of the different traditions, both indigenous and the high religions, are all more or less equally uh, pointing to the human capacity and the human need to make the journey of spiritual unfoldment, then w what about these religions? Can we just jettison them? Should we just get rid of them? Do they have any value for us? That's a very good question. And many people in the modern world have come to the conclusion that religions are basically a huge collective self-deception and that we should get rid of them. And you have people who are atheists and people who are agnostics and people who are um, you know, scientific materialists and uh, who say there is no, nothing that corresponds to what the religions are talking about. So there are a lot of people who actually would say, no, these, these traditions are worthless. Let's move on. But the interesting thing, and this is, was something that Chogyam Trumka really emphasized, is that these great traditions, the contemplative traditions especially, such as Buddhism and the other great contemplative traditions, which I would include indigenous traditions in there also, they, um, they have techniques and, and they have methods of working with oneself to open our spiritual eyes. And furthermore, there's an insight, and in, in we'll just talk about Buddhism now, that if we don't actually work on ourselves in a spiritual way, in a very deliberate and focused and committed and devoted manner, that we're going to continue to simply circle in our own habitual patterns and reinforce our own ignorance and basically spend our life simply trying to hold an illusion, an illusion of uh, potential comfort and security, an illusion of, of a solid self, and so on. So although we could say that none of the religions has the ultimate answer, all of the authentic religions actually provide a gateway to our own true self. And in the you know, modern world, although we may have respect for the traditions and read a lot about them, that's not good enough. You have to actually work on yourself in a, in a very sustained way in order to actually reach your own human potential. So in the case of Buddhism, we could say 
that we're not interested in the cultural trappings. You know, let's take Tibetan Buddhism. Tibetan Buddhism offers incredibly sophisticated and profound techniques of human transformation and fundamental, radical, and permanent transformation of the human person. These techniques, these methods, this way of being human, incredibly powerful and extraordinarily sophisticated and able to work with anyone, anybody's state of mind and anybody's problems. That part we need to retain, and that's what I'm teaching you. But on the other hand, the cultural trappings, the attitudes that prevailed in Tibetan culture, ways of interacting with other people, uh, certain belief systems, while these were appropriate for Tibetans traditionally, they're absolutely not appropriate for Western people or modern people anywhere, even to modern Tibetans, not appropriate because they're way too insular, they're way too conservative, and they don't, you, you know, even the Tibetans had to break free from their own Tibetanness. So certainly Western people and uh, modern Asian people and even modern Tibetans, you just get trapped. You become trapped in a cultural view if you try to take on the whole thing. So Chogyam Trungpa's teaching was use the meditation lineage, the meditation tradition to free yourself. But don't think that the tradition can tell you what you're, what's going to come out the other end in terms of what you think, how you see things, how you view other people, what kind of attitudes you have. The problem with the traditional Asian religions is they, uh, especially the Asian teachers, they haven't separated the transformative essence of what they hold from their cultural attitudes and beliefs and ways. And every Asian teacher and situation I know of, that separation hasn't been made. Well, we have to make it. It's not their problem. It's our problem. If we make the journey, then we not only do we not get entrapped by ways of uh, cultural ways that are not ours, we also don't get entrapped by the ways of our own culture which is equally important. So I'm saying this because we come back to this thing that this is a unique time in the human history. Maybe every time is unique, but this time is, is really unique. And we are uh, using the techniques that have been passed down for almost 3,000 years, probably even longer actually. Even though officially the Buddha was alive 2,600 years ago, still Probably a lot of what he did was actually from time before. And we're using these methods, and we are in the process of trying to discover who we are. And there are, we don't, no one has that answer except for us. So we're making the journey. We need to make the journey. And it is a lifelong thing. And as I've been saying the last few days, everything that comes out of this for us individually and for us working together is of utmost value for this planet. We're doing this work for the others. It wouldn't mean very much if it were just ourselves, but what we're discovering and what we're finding out and learning through our own sweat and our own blood and our own tears, because that's what the journey involves, is going to be valuable for the others, and we will hopefully pass that along. 
there's no going back in human history, and there's no going back in this time. We can't go back to fundamentalism or, you know, any kind of uh, sort of uh, spiritual arrogance or religious arrogance that, you know, really all people have had. It doesn't work anymore. It's not, it's very damaging, that kind of attitude. So it's a very radical journey that we're making right now. So I just wanted to say those things to, you know, sort of indicate why you know, I will push you so hard in terms of your practice. At the same time, we're not buying into any particular way of looking at things at all. We have to figure that out for ourselves. To download more of Reggie's teachings, find out about upcoming retreats, and to explore a variety of audio listening guides to assist you on your spiritual journey, please visit dharmaocean.org. Our music is by Jeff Beale and Nawang Ketchog from the album Tibet, Cry of the Snow Lion.